0: You are listening to TLRStation.com. Worldly Connections is all about bringing magic into your life. Janet Wizawadi, visionary coach and consultant, is on a mission to empower people to keep moving forward, have a vision, and trust that something good will come of it. Worldly Connections inspires listeners to live happy and be happy. Through the power of conversation and positive energy from Janet and other experts who believe that life is a team sport, and when you work together, miracles happen. And now here is your host, Janet Wizawati.
1: Welcome to Worldly Connections on TLR Station. We have a very interesting guest today. It's a topic that I'm not familiar on, and so he's going to educate me and whoever else is unfamiliar with this topic. And, um just want to give you a little bit of how I met Alex. I met Alex and his wife Cameron, and uh, his thirteen uh, year old son when I was uh volunteering at a Jack Canfield event in uh, November. So you never know where you're going to meet interesting people when you just start to chat, and uh, it was great. We were waiting for the doors to open, and out of all of that little conversation, I now have Alex on on uh, the show and Alex and his wife are uh, their business is in cryptocurrency and they are known as the cryptocurrency couple Uh, both very familiar with the topic they're working on a book and uh, I'm going to let Alex uh, tell us more it's Alex uh, Ruiz and welcome Alex.
2: Hey Janet thank you so much really appreciate you having me on the show. Um, yeah, cryptocurrency. Just to, to kind of give an introductory education, started in 2008 by a gentleman by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. And I said, gentleman, we don't know. That was actually his online handle, and he created a new type of currency. And initially, it was created out of the frustration of you know the 2008 collapse in the United States, and followed. Uh, watching you know, what happened, the bank runs in Italy and in Greece. And what he wanted to create was create a currency that was really kind of anti establishment, anti government. And uh, what he didn't realize was that it would become uh, globally accepted as a currency in most countries, actually. The United States still considered it com- uh, as a commodity for now. Uh, but even the current president, Trump, has his own cryptocurrency called Trump Coin. And so, but Satoshi created what was called Bitcoin and that was the predecessor of the very first coin. And it's um, the most secure um, uh, financial platform on the planet. And uh, I say that only because of the encryption that was used, number one, number two, now most financial um, services out there like banks, insurance companies, um, all these different industries are starting to now use the technology behind it called blockchain, not to confuse the subject even more, uh, but blockchain is essentially the, the software system that runs uh, all the coins. And what makes it so special is that it's an open ledger system, meaning that you can actually see different transactions. Transactions are have to be approved by multiple entities in order for the validity of that transaction to go through the system and if for any reason one of the entities says no that's not a legitimate transaction it fails so uh it gives transparency to a financial system that hasn't had any transparency in the past
1: how did you guys get involved in this like it's it's so far out there for me to conceive but what led you and Cameron to this
2: well, you know what's interesting is you know, we have financial services background, and we had someone who who asked us if we had heard about Bitcoin before, and this has been going on. Uh, I think this would be the third year this May that we were asked that question, and I made a very ignorant statement at the time. I said, "Oh yeah, I know all about it," and you know, knowing what I know now, I knew nothing about it, and. Um, so she's like, well, listen, you know, there's, there's uh, another coin that she was involved in and she was kind of sharing it with us because now there's over 800 different coins. And these are not tangible coins. They're in the ether. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's digital. So it's digital money. And um, so she, she really kind of opened that door. And prior to that, I had just – you know I had a, a guy that I knew that was like, hey, man, have you heard of Bitcoin? You should throw some money at it is essentially what he said. And But through her, I really started the education process. And one of the, the best movies that I saw uh, was called The Rise and Rise of Bitcoin, which is an odd title. Um, but these guys were smart enough to start to document on video their growth – of the industry of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and their process of creating the coins, and you know the challenges that they went through, and until it started moving up, and and uh, you know Bitcoin started at five cents, and now today it's listed at thousand dollars, and it's had a peak at twelve hundred and three dollars, and eventually it'll it'll you know the the, the speculators are saying it'll go between five and ten thousand per coin.
1: Wow. And it's tough for me and to get my head around this, someone who's not um, verse on uh, online investing and stuff like that. So what does that mean for people like myself? I know that when in conversation, when I was talking with you, you mentioned uh, that uh, Canada had quit printing money. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, do you see as that as meaning for us? Like I, I can't ever uh, imagine not being able to handle it. Right. So – and
2: that's a really good point. And to really kind of break it down, the importance of what Canada did January first, 2013, they stopped printing money. Sweden is down to 3% cash transactions. South Korea will give you special tax treatments if you don't use cash. India just began to demonetize. They just got rid of their 500,000 rupee note. And I actually have some. I was just in India last August. And why this is all important is because the entire world is moving to digital money. To just, you know, you, you really don't need cash because everything's done on a debit card or a credit card or through PayPal or, you know, Kenya uses M Pesa. Um, and the reason that all these things are important is, is for two things. Number one, is that there's over 3 billion people on the planet who don't have access to bank accounts because they can't afford it, okay? And so the reason that's important is because if you're going to raise up third world economies, you have to do it in a different manner. And what everyone does have, and I don't want to say everyone, but most people have, in a third world country is they all have a cell phone, right? And so there has to be a better way for them to transact financial transactions, right? Right. And the way that they do it is through their cell phones. The challenge is, and we'll use um, Africa as an example, it, Africa moves money around quite a bit. So from Kenya to Congo to you know Nigeria and all these different places, but they pay fees and they pay fees in uh, like MoneyGram or Western Union or even M-Pesa, which is the, the system they use in, in Kenya. And these people don't have a lot of money. But if they actually use cryptocurrency, the fees are a few pennies. And I'll give you a good example. And Richard Branson, who owns Virgin Airlines, you know Virgin Group, he owns over 400 companies, one of the richest men on the planet, bought one of his last airplanes for Virgin Atlantic uh, using Bitcoin. $600 million airplane. He saved $15 million in fees and you can look up the article in fees that he would have paid a bank by doing that financial transaction and he paid somewhere in the range of like uh, 30 cents for that financial transaction so when you can move that size of money because you know in the ether really money has no size right only in cash and so when you can move that type of transaction and save that type of money the rich get richer for a reason right so they're able to actually save keep more keep more of their money but if you can do that globally for everyone around the world you start to raise third world economies you start to raise people from from you know not being able to afford things to now being able to afford better things and increase their their um, their their way of living then now you're doing something wonderful for the entire planet and that's what satoshi did he gave the concept of a new global currency For free, He gave it to the world. Nobody knows who he is. He will probably never be found because he gave it to the world for free, kind of like Tesla was trying to give electricity for free to the world, right? But now we pay for it. So he didn't want that to happen. So he gave it to the world and now we have this currency that's taken hold that the biggest challenge for countries are is how do we trace it and how do we tax it? So that's kind of this the the stage that we're in now and I believe the solutions are coming about for that to where you can tax it because it is important to be able to do that and um you know so it's not used for nefarious reasons and things like that. So it's it's important to be able to to you know still have roads and schools and you know bridges and all that stuff. And so I believe we're moving into that phase right now as we're moving into the phase of you know, rolling it out for people like you, Janet. And, and the biggest thing that I can tell somebody who's a complete novice knows nothing is that there's a global monetary movement happening now. And that's the monetary movement of cryptocurrency. And in that movement, pay attention because in the future, you'll be using a cryptocurrency, whether it be Bitcoin or one of the others, to do financial trans- transactions. And one of the reasons that's really, really important is because where has all of, where has every country failed us with their currency, and because they failed us in the fact that they print more and it keeps devaluing, you know, the U.S. dollar, whatever currency that we're in. And what cryptocurrency does? It doesn't allow for that. Whenever you establish a new coin, so if we were going to establish Janet Coin today, we would literally have to tell the software, the blockchain that I talked about earlier, how many coins you will ever create ever whether that be you know, 21 million like Bitcoin or some of the others are over 150 billion. So, but you cannot create any more coins than that. The reason I said that you know, Bitcoin right now is at $1,000 and you know, speculators are saying 5,000 to, um, to 10,000 per coin by the time it's all been created is because they're only going to create 21 million. 16 plus million have already been created, so we're getting closer to the 21 million point. So naturally, based on supply and demand, as we get closer to that $21 million, the price of the coin, or, or the value of the coin, I should say, will go up. Does that make sense?
1: It's very confusing. But here's <laughs> okay. where another thing, you talked about taxes, you addressed that. What about the banks? Because the banks, will they still exist. Well, because really they rely on all of uh, – you know, us putting our checks in and stuff like that. Will there still be banks?
2: Well, uh, in, in a utopian society, no, there won't be. Um, and if you think about it from, from Satoshi's perspective, banks have done nothing but charge us fees for our money, right? And if you look at what happened in Greece and in, in, in Italy, you know, or, or let's take Greece, for example. On Friday, everything's wonderful. Saturday you show up and you want to get money out of your bank and you can't because Greece went broke. And so they literally – part of their deal to get pulled out of their bankruptcy was to seize all monies. So you go to the bank. Uh, we'll take uh, the US for example. I go to the bank on Saturday morning. I'd like you know, $500 and they go, no. Well, no, no, no. I want my money. Well, no, that's not your money. It doesn't have your name on it. It says United States of America. So the difference there is that if all the people in Greece the day before had put their money into cryptocurrency, they would have been fine because they would still have all their money. It wouldn't be sitting in a political and economic environment that changes all the time and puts yourself at risk financially. So the big secret and the big thing about cryptocurrency is to sit outside of any political economic environment. Don't get me wrong. I love my country. I just don't agree with everything they do, right? I don't think any of us probably do. So, But if I have a coin or a cryptocurrency that I can still go buy bread and milk, clothing, and still go on vacations and pay all my bills, then there's really no need for a fiat currency that keeps devaluing. So unless countries figure it out, which they haven't so far, then this will be the new currency of the future. And when it comes to banks, there's no need for banks because I can hold billions of dollars on my cell phone. I'm now the bank and I can transact person to person or person to business without having anybody else's fingers in my money. So there's no need to pay those fees anymore. So there's a huge shift going on right now. Now, banks, just so you know, are getting involved in the game. They're filing cryptocurrency uh, patents and patents on the blockchain and all this other stuff. To try and save what they have, but the challenge for me, and you might think differently, is if I go to Bank of America and I and I bank there, and they say, "Well, Alex, you know, we have our own new cryptocurrency now, and we want you to use Bank of America Coin." Well, why? Because it's you know more efficient, it's easier to use, and it's cheaper. Okay, so why would I still use Bank of America Coin? Well, essentially, what they're saying is because it's better for them, right? Well, we first have to take care of our four walls before we can take care of anybody else outside of that. And what's best for us and really anybody around the world is to actually pay less fees, have less money going out to banks unnecessarily when we can still do the same type of financial transactions without the need for them.
1: Okay. So I think it's time to take a little bit of break. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's gonna a lot. I'm going to get my head around this a little bit because i have another question bubbling up here and uh so alex we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll be talking to alex ruiz about uh cryptocurrency
0: need to book an appointment with a holistic health provider or find resources and products in edmonton and surrounding area not exactly quite sure who to contact or where to begin your search Your Holistic Earth is the only online holistic marketplace that connects people like you who need help to the holistic health practitioners who provide a complete range of professional services and products. Look no further. Your Holistic Earth is your online holistic marketplace for a healthier and happier you. For everything holistic, visit yourholisticearth.ca. That's yourholisticearth.ca.
1: Welcome back to the second half of Worldly Connections on TLR Station. Uh, before the break, uh, my guest Alex Ruiz is talking about cryptocurrency and how, uh, it relates to different countries. Uh, talked about Greece and their problems there that may have been avoided by, by having cryptocurrency, as well as, uh, banks now starting to, uh, create their own. And on that note, Alex, I want to have a question about that, is uh, you talked about uh, other ones creating these bitcoins, which is cryptocurrency. How does that all relate? If the banks has their own, and I have my own, and somebody else has their own, how is that different than a, a, a country having their own currency?
2: Well, it's interesting you say that because China right now is actually hiring probably some of the best blockchain experts on the planet to create their own. And, uh, you know, banks and countries can have their own coin. It just depends whether we choose to use it or not, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, China can choose to make every single coin out there illegal, and they absolutely have the right to do that, right? Uh, They're a communist country. (laughs) So they could probably have a little bit more control of, um, you know, who uses what currency. Uh, But unfortunately, something like a cryptocurrency is still going to be used uh, amongst people. And when it comes to banks, you have to incentivize the public to use something. And if there's no incentive there, then why would you use it? You know, kind of like what I was saying earlier, Bank of America wants me to use your coin. That sounds great. But why? How does that benefit me? And if mm-hmm. I'm still paying you, the bank, fees, and you're still charging me on a monthly basis because I don't have enough money in the account, or the flip side of that, you have too much money in the account and now they're charging you per transaction. And so that's happened to us, actually, and, and which was really interesting. And my conversation with the, the banker was, well, you know, if I owned the bank and somebody was putting too much money into my account, I'd probably take them out to dinner and not charge them more money. Mm-hmm. Right? So there, there's a lot of backwards thinking and the banking system is, is, you know, the U.S. banking system is a little over 70 years old and we're still using old technology. It takes three to five days to settle a financial transaction where in uh, cryptocurrency it happens within less than 10 minutes. So transactions are settled. They're actually agreed upon. They cannot be reversed. Um, so you want to make sure you don't make a mistake when you make a purchase. And there's 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 governors in there to make sure you're not making mistakes, just so you know. It's a specific address that nobody else would have when you send money and things like that. So there's no mistakes in the system. And But when it comes to banks, I mean, banks are really going to have to quite literally reinvent themselves to be something that they're not. And what they are is they're a fee machine. I mean, banks make their money in fees and bank check fees and everything else. And... Uh, The best place for a bank's use in the future is probably going to be for loans of business loans or mortgage loans and things of that nature. But as far as holding your money in the account anymore in the future, there really won't be a need for that. You know, If I need a loan for a house, that's one thing. But for my daily transactions of me going out and transacting business, I really don't need uh, a a bank to hold my money and charge me fees anymore. It's just – it's unnecessary.
1: So in that, um, how does that all happen? Like you said that you've been investing in it. And at one point it was say $5 for a Bitcoin and now it's to a thousand. So when you talk about Africa and third world countries in that, how do they even get involved in something like this? The, uh, is it I don't know going somebody's going to go and educate them all that they all have to have cell phones with money on it now or how does that affect us the layperson at you know as it grows
2: Well there's a couple of opportunities right now and uh, I'll answer your second question first so as a layperson right now there's a lot of op- uh, opportunity and speculation right so which coin's going to make it which coin's not going to make it Um, And the answer to that is whichever one has the demand side. What I mean by that is Bitcoin is the only one currently, and that's changing, that actually has supply and demand. It's got the supply that it's creating, people who hold the coins, and then it has demand of over 10,000 retailers who already accept it. So Best Buy, Victoria's Secret, Expedia, uh, there's tons of them who actually – Walmart.com, Amazon.com, all these places accept Bitcoin. and You can pay your transactions with Bitcoin. So uh, that's really where the secret lies in what coin's going to make it, what coin's not going to make it. We were talking about you know Janet coin earlier and we could create 100 a, a billion of them, but who wants it, right? And so you have to go out and promote it to answer your first question. And you have to go out and promote who, who's going to accept the coin, uh, how coins work. That You, know, you have all these major out, outlets that take Bitcoin, so the education's a whole lot easier. But when it comes to third world countries, you literally have to go on the ground and start to educate these people. And that's why I was in India, uh, Singapore, Malaysia. Uh, we went to Thailand, London. So that's why you have to go on the ground and you have to start educating people on what the new currency is. It's like a grassroots movement really and that's how it started with Satoshi. And since we're talking about third world countries, this is, this is one of the big things that's going to change third world countries. And I'll give you a good example. We have a friend named Gideon who's from Kenya. And Gideon owns property in the village that he lives in in Kenya. So everyone in the village knows that's Gideon's house. That's Gideon's property. Those are his cows. Those are his chickens. Those are everything he has, right? Those are his assets. The challenge for Gideon is is that there's no way for him to document that that's his property to a bank for him to go get a loan to start a business. There's no way. But now with the blockchain, the software behind Bitcoin – and the other coins you can now document that this plot of land belongs to this gentleman and this plot of land based on you know comps or however they're going to do it has this net value and he owns this outright so now Gideon can go to the bank and go get a loan to start a business or to build better uh, a better house or a better you know um water or you know energy to come to his property and he could literally go and use that now as an asset so you're going to see a lot of third world countries start to move up and at the same time let's say the gideon again builds bicycles for a living so if he builds bicycles he can probably build them pretty cheap in kenya but he can't get u.s dollars for that bicycle in kenya He can only sell it locally, right, unless he gets an online business and all this other stuff. And then he pays all these transaction fees, switching things from U.S. dollars to Kenyan dollars and being able to transact on all the minutia that goes into having international business. But if he has one currency that he accepts, so let's call it Bitcoin, and he accepts that from people who buy in the U.S., people who buy just in Kenya and everywhere else, he can now start to raise the standard of living based on having – a global currency that people accept. Now, when I make that statement, people are going, well, you know, the Bible talks about one world currency and everything else. Um, that really throws a wrench into that one world currency. And the reason I say that is because you won't just have just one global cryptocurrency that's accepted Um, By everyone in the world. You're going to have, you know, three or four, maybe five that settle out to be, you know, the top five cryptocurrencies that people use globally. And that'll be by who accepts it, how much is in production, and things like that.
1: Well, that's a lot to take in. (laughs) But I know that uh, you and Cameron are writing a book. Uh, It Mm -hmm. should be out shortly. And uh, you do training and do you coach people around this as well?
2: We do. Uh, We actually just finished our second cryptocurrency seminar here in Dallas, Texas, and we're looking to expand that. And then we actually do uh, coach people on cryptocurrency and how to use it, how to set up online wallets, what to look for, different indicators, things like that.
1: Well, good. Can you just uh, tell people how they can find you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The best way to find us is a couple of ways. Number one, we're on Facebook and we're uh, at Cryptocurrency Couple. So, and then the other way is they can email us. Uh, we have alex at digibillions.com. It's D as in Delta, I, G as in Golf or Gopher, I, and then billions, like billions of dollars. So digibillions.com or Cameron with a K, K-A-M-E-R-O-N at digibillions.com. The book is titled Digi Billions
1: as well. Perfect. Okay, well... um, When the book comes out and uh, I read it and I'll have more questions, (laughs) (laughs) we will have to do this again, Alex.
2: I would love to. Listen, best place to start, like I said, the rise and rise of Bitcoin, that movie, you can get it for free on YouTube. And there's one more called Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it. And both of those are great places to get a good basis of what's going on.
1: The end of money, Bitcoin, the end of money as we know it.
2: Yes. Uh, well, thanks so
1: much again. And say hi to Cameron for me. And you guys have a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing you again.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Janet. Really appreciate you and your time and everything that you do. Thanks so
0: much. Are you interested in appearing on Worldly Connections? Ready to work together and make miracles happen? Then Janet wants to hear from you. Contact her at Janet at FamilyConnect.com. That's Janet at Family Connect, spelled C-O-N-N-E-K-T dot com. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Tune in next week, same day and time.